Lee on the money and bullseye. She picks up the little leaves where human wrecks are left to seed, left to repaint their destiny and fester away about their victories. Well, there's love and there's hope. Actor, playwright, improviser, and activist Jeff Hughes shoots on legal cannabis. Canada. What's the guy doing up here in Manitoba? Manitoba. 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 It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore. Do you really? Man. All right, man. It's cool. <laughs> so you feel like sure this is the right day? I think we might be early for the protest. It's a little early. I don't see anybody around there. Let's make a sign anyway. Yeah, we'll be uh, like first in line, man. Wait a minute. Let's look that duty for Oh, dude. Let's look that duty for Dude. Okay, well, it's kind of saving it for the protests. You know, it's all like, uh, pot power. Release the pot. Yeah. Release the pot from all the things that the man wants to put it down for. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, we could smoke half now and half. Half oh, man, you it. know I don't smoke half. No? Yeah. Well, I can try, but I tell you, it's tough. Man, check out the Golden Boy. You know, I bet you he stole all the time. I came out of here, Eddie. I don't see any cops. No cops. This is a girl over there. Hey, man, she ain't no cop. She can arrest me if she wants. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, to serve and protect, huh? <laughs> All right, no. Okay. Three, two, one, four. Yeah, man. It's going good. I think I'm getting high. It's pretty good, huh? Well, oh, you haven't even tried it? No, I haven't tried it yet, man. This is really good shit, man. Yeah. My dad gave it to me. <laughs> oh, I definitely hear some guitar. <laughs> yeah, I hear music, too. Maybe that's the protest. Where's it coming from? that stage is is what the hypnotist was alluding to and that's what he did pretty much i didn't get to be hypnotized um that clip is from 2003 oh my god 
2003 uh, from a character sketch show I performed at the Winnipeg Fringe Festival called Ron Moore is Missing. It was a mixture of live uh, monologues with uh, video sketches, and that was one of the video sketches. And the setup, of course, is, you know, every 420, April 20th, you get your potheads, you get your stoners, you get your, your heads heading down to the legislative grounds. And uh, they all toke up at 4.20 in the afternoon, or probably all day, I imagine. And the cops look the other way. They don't, uh, they don't get in their face about it. They're really there to keep the peace. And, I, you know, um, and the whole idea of that sketch is Pothead doesn't, you know, he smokes so much weed, he doesn't know what time of day it is, or uh, what's the date, you know. And, and uh, so... Um, uh, Rusty Matthias, uh, a friend of mine from Bar I, of course, and a uh, well-loved musician in the city, of course, he uh, agreed to come down, and we just filmed sitting on the grounds. Uh, it was probably like 428. It was not 420. And, uh, and there was some sort of festival going on. I can't remember exactly what festival, but there was a band. It was some sort of food thing, and... and uh, yeah, coincidentally, the bands were playing, you know, weed songs, songs about marijuana. And I don't know if it's just the vibe of being at the legislative building or for whatever reason, it suited the, the video really well. But unfortunately, it's just not that funny. So I really chopped and cut it down to the bare bones because it goes on and on and on and on and on and on, kind of like I am right now. Have I not welcomed you to the Manitoba Money Shot podcast with Ronald George Moore yet? What the hell? Hello. Hello. It's Uncle Manitoba Money Shot. Um, good to see you. Thank you for tuning into the show. It's a big show. It's a very special show. Oh, my God. The special guest today. He's been a friend of mine forever. Um, Jeff Hughes. Did I mention his name? Jeff Hughes. Uh, we met in high school, and, uh, you know, it was uh, the love of comedy that brought us together. We, uh, My first uh, sketch comedy troupe was with Jeff called The All-Star Nobodies. And um, we worked together for uh, quite a while, and then he started another troupe called Twi Twisted Nipple Improv. Uh, which performed for years and years in the city and, out, and outside uh, or within the province. And I'm sure he had other Canadian dates as well with a whole bunch of different guys. And I was able to do some shows with them too. And uh, Jeff was always doing shows, always wanted to get on a stage, man. Uh, even from there, he went to do uh, more personal shows. And especially since as long as I've known him from day one, he's been talking about the wonders of weed and how it should be decriminalized. And if all, if everything goes well, this episode is released on the day that Canada decriminalizes marijuana, cannabis, October 17th, 2018. It's a real honor to have Jeff on the show. He 
his shows, uh, Tales from the Big Toker and the Big Joke and the Big Toke. Um, you know, here, here's a guy who's wearing it all on his sleeve, you know, saying, uh, this isn't right. And there's something inside of me that I have to, I have to get the message out there. I have to be a part of the solution. And he went across Canada with this message, you know, and we get into that in, in the conversation. So it's a big day. It's a big day for Mr. Jeff Hughes. And that, he wasn't just doing that either. This guy is an accomplished actor. Uh, uh, as of recent, uh, the Pinkertons television series was filmed in, in uh, Winnipeg and outside of Winnipeg. So he, he was in there. He, he does print ads. He's been in the Manitoba Liquor and Lottery print ad there. Um, of course, he's continued his improv career with uh, improv D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, at the Fringe Festivals to this day, just wrapping up a show um, in the summer. Another highly successful run there. Um, and what? It's been over a decade, maybe two, maybe a decade and a half. I'm not quite sure. I should have asked him when he was here. Celebrations Dinner Theater. Jeff has been uh, with that company and Jubilations in Edmonton uh, for a long, long time, starring in in shows with them. Uh, and he just doesn't stop, man. He doesn't stop. Nor should he. Oh, and by the way, uh, the big toke is uh, the show we we talk a lot about in this conversation. And you can see it. It is, it is on YouTube uh, if you search Pot TV. And this is Mark Emery's YouTube channel. Basically, it's part of his hemp pyre. Hemp pyre. Um, the Big Toke. Search that on Pot TV. And it's all there. Granted, it's a little grainy. But the spirit and the energy and the message is crystal clear. Okay. These boys know what they're doing. <laughs> they're getting laughs. And it's good. It's really good. I highly suggest you uh, search The Big Toke. The Manitoba Money Shop Podcast is on YouTube, and it's on Twitter, and it's on Facebook, and we're on YouTube. You gotta do the search of the Manitoba Money Shot. You gotta put those fucking letters in alphabetical order, then mix them up in the right combination to read the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast, the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast. Okay. I don't know how else to sing it. Oh, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes. We're on iStitcher. We're on Stitch Tunes. What more? What more can I do? Well, you found us. Why? I don't know why I would tell you that we're on something because you found us. We're on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, uh, you can check us out there and go and like and tell people. Tell your friends that there's this fucking podcast and it's awesome. It's got great Manitoba guests. Like Jeff Hughes. Will he win the Manitoba money shot tonight? We will hear very soon by the end of the show. 
Uh, he's got hair to spare. It weighs a ton, and it's a lot of fun. Crazy blocks, crazy blocks. I think that's the bus song I was getting at. Ah, you'll get it in a few fucking minutes. Sit tight, bitch. <laughs> We're rolling. Rolling. Yay! <laughs> rolling Jeff. joints. Rolling. Jeff Hughes. How you doing? Well, I'm good. You know, they're about to legalize weed. Let's do Let's the do weed. It. Okay, so... You're I an activist for weed. You've well, always I been. Was, yeah. I, um, would, let's break it down. The first time, I remember someone telling me you could wear pot. Mm-hmm. Like hemp. Hemp Which clothing. is what they meant. And I didn't even know that. Uh, until I had heard it from this person that I was trying to, I was trying to raise money for Greenpeace. One of my first at, jobs. At what age? Oh, cripes. I think I might've been 18. Eighteen. Just an adult. Just a, just a Now I have fresh, responsibilities of an adult. Yeah. I had a job and someone's telling me like, oh, I want money for Greenpeace. Okay. Well. Oh, this is for work. This is a. I was a canvasser, canvasser for Greenpeace. Yeah. Right. I just assumed it's volunteer. No, I was, yeah, I was trying to make some money. <laughs> so I like this gig. Okay, Greenpeace for sure. I'll say whatever you want. So and, anyways, uh, so and then I heard about the Emperor Wears, no, Emperor Wears No Clothes, the book that tells you the history of the hemp plant and pot. Is this know? a very missed book? I, don't, I haven't yeah, read Jack it. Herer, Jack Herer. 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 The book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes by Jack Herer. H-E-R-E-R, I think. Anyway, it's this great sort of, um, it's not just text. It's kind of illustrated. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot of... um, (laughs) To keep the stoners directed pictures. But it's just fascinating. It's incredible. It tells you the story of, you know, how and why um, pot was targeted. And uh, just... By the Canadian government or the world? The U.S. government. U.S. And largely one industrialist named William Randolph Hearst. Now, the film Citizen Kane was Orson Welles, his attempt to stick it to William Randolph Hearst, who was this, yeah, he owned um, this huge property where he had collected the world's antiques. William Randolph Hearst? Yeah. And so, that I mean, if you see Citizen Kane, it's a parallel to the life story of Hearst. And um, Hearst had financial interests in a lot of things, but principally timber and also um, cotton. Right. So, because he was in the newspaper trade, he also had, you know, the pulp and paper. Somehow there was a connection there. So when um, hemp became a viable competitor to timber and lumber. Which was what year? 1938. No, a lot earlier, actually. 1842? Mm, I will give you 100 more guesses. (laughs) 1844. No, no. Okay, slow down. Uh, So something like 1912 or 1918, Popular Mechanics magazine actually published... uh, Existed. Yeah, it existed. (laughs) Mechanics. Yeah, and and it called hemp the new billion-dollar crop because they had just come up with a new uh, machine that was going to speed up the processing of the hemp stocks that you could make clothing or fiberboard or whatever yeah. out of it. Right. Um, and uh, this is also, we're not even talking about the nutritional value of hemp seed, which is Well, really let's high. talk about the nutritional value of hemp seed. What is it? 
really good. <laughs> it's high. High. I imagine. High as a motherfucker. There you high go. as a motherfucker. Nutrition value she's high as a motherfucker. High as a motherfucker. Okay, so, so William Randolph first stand he still does lose a lot of money from people growing hemp because his there would be less demand for his cotton and for his lumber. Mm-hmm. So he used his newspapers. William Randolph, William Randolph Hearst. Used his newspapers to start the Reefer Madness fear. And movie? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That's all tied in there? Oh, yeah. Wow. And it worked. It wasn't been long before the powers that be realized that they could effectively replace slavery with the war on drugs. Yeah. And I argue that it's exactly what they did and why they kept it protected, why the U.S. still keeps it protected. And while it's a why it's it's it's, an, it's a fucking wonder and a miracle that Canada is saying that you know why we're de- de- decriminalizing because it's the number it's one. Insane. No, you it's would not. I would have never thought this would no, happen. Well, I mean, I campaigned for it. So here's back to me. Glorious me. Glorious me. Right. <laughs> so in 1994, when it wasn't cool to do it, I wrote a play <laughs> called The Big Joke. And I called for the decriminalization of, of marijuana. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, it wasn't the strongest. I was only 22. So in 94, um, okay, here's the thing. I was raised by a feminist journalist mother. Yes. Single parent, single mother. mother. Leslie Hughes. Yeah, taught me to speak the truth to power and question Very authority. Very outspoken. Yeah. So I did when I learned this stuff that, you know, Hemp could be used for all this great stuff, mm-hmm. and that it was only you know targeted for you know to, to profit. But you did so not we, learn that from my your mother. Mom, no, that's something you took on on yourself. Well, I came about that knowledge. Yes, definitely not from her. But you know, when you're open to knowledge, you are open to knowledge. Yeah, to learning. So I learned that stuff, and then I you know I had done improv, as you know, because we had worked together and we did we did lots of comedy together before I wrote the big toke. Yeah, but when I was doing the big, you know, first I called it the big joke. So in 94, I was working with different guys, but yeah, I decided instead of just doing improv, I wanted to make something political and speak my mind and, you know, and, and call the war on drugs, uh, for what it was, which I thought was, you know, basically completely, uh, morally bankrupt and evil. Yeah. War on drugs. It's all about fighting the man, the power. Yeah. You've always, uh, personified. You know, an activist for me. I rock the boat here and there. You Thank you. Rock yeah. the boat. Well, yes. let me just uh, you know, Carl Ridd is a man, an official with the maybe the Anglican Church. I don't know. Eesh. And his daughter was really awesome too. Like she went down and protested some in some South American country. And then when they were like, okay, fine, let her go because she's a Canadian citizen activist. She wouldn't go without her cellmate, and she was in jail for months. They let or- her go. She's in a cell. How did her former well, cellmate? Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> when, when it was time for her to go, she's like, nope, because this, you know, my, my cellmate here is innocent, I too. I see, I got it. I'm not leaving until you let us both free. Right, and she so stayed? Karen, she did, and they, she stayed an extra oh. two months until that person got out, or something like Good that. Friends. So, like, he raised some crazy, I mean, not he raised some amazingly inspiring kids, Carl Ridd did. So, let me, Carl Ridd was the official who married my parents, and he was also, I believe, an Olympic athlete for Canada. The basketball team. Anyway. I he, didn't realize he was like a family friend. Yeah. Wow. And he spoke at the protest prior to the U.S. invasion, George W. of Iraq. Where? After, at the legislature. Uh-huh. That cold day yeah. where everybody marched before the invasion. You know that unique moment in history where people said, before it happened, don't do it. 
you right. know, it wasn't the pro- it wasn't to protest the war. It was an advance. It was to protest the launching of the attack. Yeah. So Carl Reed was spoken was chosen as the person to address the thousands of people at the legislature. Say some shit, make it inspiring, and he did. So obviously he prepared and oh yeah, he, he, he knew he it was know. coming. Well, I mean, like he was the elder statesman. He was at right. that point he was seventy, but tall and strong and wise. And would you he say was he's a, would you say he's an influencer in your life? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I it was. It, I mean, there wasn't a lot of direct actual time spent with him as much as I would have liked. But I don't know. I don't even know why he came up. But anyway, basically <laughs> the model. In. The model. Comfort the afflicted, afflict the comfortable. Don't. That sums up why I wrote those plays, The Big Toke and my other political shit. Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. If you're doing that, you're spending your time well. I mean, it's nice to be comfortable, but do you have a right to be comfortable all right. the time? You know? Mm-hmm. And to close your eyes and to just shut out what's not, what you don't like, the truths that you don't like. Were you speaking at the legislature? No. You've never done that? Never rallied uh, a crowd well, on those one steps? Time, there was one time where I was just walking. You know Nick Turnett, right? Yeah. yeah. One Turnett. time I was just walking in a march and like, you know, as I was walking with the march, he was like, hey, Jeff, we, uh, can you be the MC when we get to Old Market Square? I'm so I, and I agreed. So I got up there, but we didn't have a closing speaker. It was a fucking, it was terrible. I watched like, you know, 600 people dwindle down to like two dozen mm-hmm. because we had no, it, you know, they didn't have, uh, Preliminaries, main event speaker, and close. They just like they were like, just go up there and talk to them. And I was like, yeah. okay. And here we have a musician. And somebody came on and played three songs. And and like, here like, is a musician. And now here's a space poet. <laughs> <laughs> now here's two guys in a donkey costume. <laughs> it poops real donkey. Right. But you you've rallied activist uh, gatherings in the past, haven't you? I know you you co-hosted a radio program. Oh, yeah. yeah. My days what was alert. the name of that? Alert Radio. Alert Radio. Oh, my. That some, was great. Some of my By the way, com- yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I've ever like told you how great it was. I've listened to it a lot while I was great work, you know, man, driving. and uh, Yeah, I know. It was the Canadian Democracy Now. Yeah, what was it, half a year? I did two years. Two years. Okay. Which was, you know, when you, when we say year, <laughs> we did a weekly show for eight months, more or less. But, man, it was great, and I was dedicated to that. Yeah. And, and uh, what year was that? Sorry, it was 19... Uh, two, in 2008. 2008. Yeah. And I want to get... like Good for you for doing a podcast. I want to get back into it. I want to do something like Alert again. Alert again. So is it dead? It's nothing you joined in? Something you created? How did it all come about? My mom was the host, and I took over for her when she ran for federal oh, politics. How long was she doing it? She did it for two years or something, two or three yeah, years. Right, right. Got the ball. But she rolling. wasn't on all the time when. Well, no, when she was the spoke. she was the regular host to start with. Wow, wow. And then I took over for her and did two years, and I got really good at it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And what, year, what would it entail? What kind of things? Well, you do? the first year wasn't so great because the first year, the guy wanted to blow up doll with an audio feature. You know, like, <laughs> he's I not mean, in he radio. Like, this, this guy, yeah. And I would read it, and then he'd be like, "Ask this question." And I would ask the question. <laughs> the boss used to sit beside me. I was the host. The first half of the year, I would ask dense questions. The professor I was interviewing would give me convoluted answers. Right. And the boss is listening, 
not on the microphone, not on the phone. He's just listening. That's And whenever I tried to be like, okay, wait, tell me again, how does this? He would just elbow me. Next question. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck so that got on my you. nerves. That yeah, got on my you nerves. Probably could, you could hear that I, as a listener. Yeah, because it was bad radio. Yeah. A year, half a year into the show, now we're about to interview Danny Schur, and I will not be embarrassed. So I turned aside before the yeah. interview began, and I said, do not embarrass me. I know this guy. I'm an actor in Winnipeg. I have a reputation. I don't want you interjecting, chirping, grunting, growling, wow. correcting, nothing. Don't you make a peep. All right. And he had, like, never heard me talk. He was just like, okay. <laughs> I said, I'm going to interview this guy, and you're just going to sit there and be quiet. Don't you tell him he's wrong when he answers something. Yeah. And, and if I want a clarification, I'm going to ask for it. Don't embarrass me. Yeah. And? And he didn't. He sat there, and he just was quiet, and you know. No but it was language I could understand. Him. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, like, when they were talking the other stuff, you know. Like, be professional. My head would spin, some of the. But then the second year, I was really good. Yeah. And what was so, uh, I found, I began to find my own guests. Mm-hmm. I began to find my own guests. And I actually, my crowning glory was interviewing Amy Goodman on Alert. Do you know who Amy Goodman is? Yeah, of course. Amy okay. Goodman. Yeah. I'm Amy Goodman. <laughs> this is Democracy Now. On She's the internet, awesome. you've got Amy Goodman saying, oh, Jeff, it's so good to be with you. It's on the internet right now. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Amy Goodman, welcome to oh, Alert Jeff. Radio. Oh, Jeff, it's so good to be with you. Amy Goodman said those words. My hero. That's awesome, Amy Goodman's man. hero. Yeah, yeah. My what hero. year was that? 2009. 2009. That's on the show. Yeah. Fuck, man. It's can on you, can you find this shit on? Can yeah, I go it's, on? On, it's still on there. What what website would it be on? The Com- Canadian Dimension. The Canadian Dimension. Not the. Simply Canadian, Canadian Dimension. Dot CA, I guess, or org. Right. I don't know. Okay, check it out, people. That sounds it's yeah, amazing. I listen to the archives of Alert Radio. I mean, I, I did it from 2008 and 9, and my two best episodes was uh, were my interview with Amy Goodman, and uh, that is one of the crowning accomplishments of my life. Yeah. And, you know... I'm proud to say I didn't get paid for it. I volunteered to do that shit. Yeah, well, that's that's why every time I think of activist activism, even organized nonprofit, <laughs> right? I always think no one's getting paid. You're paying for the chair and the tools. Yeah, well, I guess we do it to feel good yeah. about ourselves, you know? Not mm-hmm. be selfish. Try to, try, right. try to not be selfish. And we're not just talking about weed. We're talking about, like, human rights. Oh, sure. I moved and, on from weed, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, course. I started with weed, and, like, mm-hmm. I wrote that play in 94, yeah. So in the year 2000, I toured Canada, the fringe circuit, with the Big Toke, after debuting it in 1994 as the Big Joke. Okay. And the people who were there, I was the driver behind it, but the first year, I also well, it was a troupe. John Patterson was kind of my left-hand man. Mm-hmm. Uh, fringe God. Yeah, that's right. That first year, I believe, the fr- original presentation also had Kevin Dabbs. He was in a Naked Treehouse from episode Schneider. Here you go. Kevin Dabbs. Kevin Dabbs was one of the original big joke contributors. And Kevin Clausen, I believe, was in the original big joke. And there might have been, I think, uh, Crystal... A lady named Crystal was also in The Big Joke because there was a couple of female roles. 
eventually we trimmed it down to a touring company of four dudes. But I think the original yeah. one in Winnipeg had a had a female. So and All I was right, twenty two, so I didn't really twenty two. I, I was twenty two. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't a very good writer. So in ninety four, I put up the big joke with those folks. Was her last name Hanson? I can't remember. And she was in the 94 original production of The Big Joke, which I got together in 1999. And then in 2000, we, we did it in 99 and called it The Big Toke. And uh, it was pretty well received. I think that time Corey Wojcik was in it. No way. Awesome. And yeah. and uh, Woj. Yeah. And Matt Kippen might have joined that year, I think. Matt Kippen and Corey Wojcik, perhaps, uh-huh. and Kevin Clausen, and me, right. and John Patterson. I'm not sure that we had five guys. We might have only been done four. Because we definitely were down to four guys in the year 2000. <laughs> right. Me, John Patterson, once again, and two other guys, Matt Rovere mm-hmm. and Scott Walters. And we went from Winnipeg. Oh, and Matt Aitken was our sta- stage manager. So how many He's, guys are traveling? Six? Five guys. We had one five stage manager guys. and four actors. All traveling together? In the year 2000. Who's that? The year 2000. The distant past. In the year 2000. The distant past. The year 2000. The distant future. The distant future. And then, you know what? Funny thing is, we were billets with those guys that tour. The Flight of the Concourse guys were our roommates in Vancouver in the year 2000. The year 2000. The distant past. No shit. You said, uh, Wellington Crest. You said Victoria General (laughs) Hospital. You were born in the Victoria General Hospital. Yep. Wow, I love that hospital, of course, because that's in Fort Richmond. And that's uh, so great. It has the H on top. You knew it was a hospital. You could tell. Um, <laughs> you could definitely, the bus, you couldn't, you always had to get in there when you're taking the bus downtown. You got to stop at the hospital. It's such a boring detour. Right I got to get my comics, man. Yeah, like, get come on, there. I ain't got time for this hospital tour. What is it? The 66? 62. The 62. Do the hit. Six the hit? <laughs> You had a song about the 62, didn't you? I don't think so. I think you did. You think I did? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that one. I'm taking the bus, I call it 62. I'm trying to get that goddamn Victoria General Hospital detour. <laughs> I'm back on the road with fucking 62. Yeah, All right, so you were born in that hospital. You're like, whoa, this is awesome, I'm alive. I'm alive, I'm a legalized weed. And then you're like, well, someone's taking me somewhere, and they take you to where? Where do you go? You're like one day old. I know you're in the hospital a bit. Where do Uh, you go? I know you're in Winnipeg. Well, let's see. I think my mom, that's one of the first places I ever lived was on Wellington Crescent, right near BI. And we were there until my mom uh, left my dad. Um, And so my brother and I, my mom, we all went to the Maritimes, where my mom cool. called herself Molly. Well, until when? Until you were, uh, what, 10, okay, 11? Uh, nope, nope. We came back grade three, so that would be eight years old. And I started going to Grosvenor Elementary on Grosvenor. Yeah, Grosvenor. How was that? Well, uh, Elementary cool? Yeah. You doing the winter productions? Uh, the winter, I'm a polar bear singing you know, under a Christmas one, tree. You know, I regretted it so much. There was a play in grade six, and nobody went out for it. So the one, the only what? kid who auditioned for it got it, and he, was, <laughs> and he was my best friend, Chris Williamson. And so he got the part. And I remember watching him and being like, "I wish I was doing that." 
Well, what's the part of us? Oh, I don't know. It's just an old man. He plays playing an old man. (laughs) He is an old. He was a ten-year-old boy playing an old man. I wish I was an old man. Well, sure. I wish I was. Anyway, I did do the plays from then on. Mm -hmm. I always went out and auditioned. So, the next year, I went to River Heights Junior High in grade seven, and two guys showed up. Two guys. (laughs) One down. Million to go. Boom, you're a Forestwood Collegiate. You're having a good time. You're having, having good, fun. That's where I met you. That was exactly you for sure. You for my first speaking role. What are you talking about? Run more, I shot you. The boyfriend. The boyfriend. That's right. I would have had a speaking role. But there's always I'm somebody sorry, for every... I'm sorry, for every, but you know, it's the biz. <laughs> and I'd kill my mother to get a part. <laughs> the biz. And for, the, the biz. biz. For Richmond High School musicals. <laughs> the biz. <laughs> That's right. So I would have had a fucking role when I was in grade 10, but Ron rolled. Yeah, you got plenty Ron of roles. Rolled. I got... Mm. Yeah. So high school's good. And then uh, putting on shows, yeah, well, we doing did improv. improv, doing yeah, sketch live we, comedy in well, front of we people. Did, and getting. We, we did improv in high school, and that mm. went so well. Yeah. Because I used to go... It's When I was... Uh, before I even left junior high, I had been to see Steve McIntyre... And Rob Slade and Brian Hart and Kyle McCulloch in an improv troupe called Possible Nudity. And I thought they were so funny. And so I wanted to do improv in high school. And we did do improv in high school. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not sure if we were doing it in, when I was in grade 10. Was it was the lunchtime shows yeah. you were talking about? I don't know if we did it when you were there. Oh, maybe not, no. But when I was in grade 11 and 12, for sure, I was running improv shows at school. Right. Was it like a talent show or was it like improv just games? Just lunchtime improv games, short term improv. It was kind of a competition as well. Yeah. You know, and uh, well, I believe for the most part, uh, they were good times. I mean, you know, it was high school. Of course, so. they were great times. Well, they were, it's they not were, they, school. They were, they were the great, yeah. There was just like, exactly. It's school, but not school. It was school. amazing. They were great, yeah. I mean, every now and then I might have done something that I'm like, oh, God, head slap now, but that's because I'm 46. Like what? What kind of head slap? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> let's like, dive deep. For sure, let's dive deep. Let's dig deep. Dark. Well, I mean, crazy, yeah, for sure you have three decades to think about something and you realize that was selfish, you know, but like... Well, you think 30 years ago, like your, your mind thinks and rethinks yeah, about things. And sometimes I think the original... You know, happening is totally. Yeah, it's all warped to this it's one warped, thing exactly. in your mind, and you see, yeah. Like, one time I remember like, grumbling fuck? about losing, and like that's all I can think about. Like whereas a hopefully, yeah, exactly. Anyway, as a ghost, I I remember being a sore loser to Mark Krentz once, and him being a bit lost for words because I was being a bit of a diva, you know. But you I, admit it. I admit it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you how do you become a diva? Yeah. Well, you know, if you because remember it was competition. These improv things were competition, right. and he had like gone for what I call cheap laughs, and so I like the comedy you did where you made everybody laugh was somehow unworthy. Come on, don't be a whiny little bitch. Which was what I was. I was a whiny little bitch. Oh my god, you were. Yeah, I was. Okay. And like, but like that one time. Hopefully only that one time, and maybe a couple other times. <laughs> but that's the <laughs> Hopefully only that one time. Hopefully not three times. <laughs> well, hopefully five times max. I remember it was four hours that day. No, most of the time it was always great, like almost always. And uh, you right. know, but like right. I don't know why it is. Like, I think you make a good point. Sometimes we obsess about the one foot we put right. forward poorly, and we forget about like, nah. Most of the time, I was a good right. person. Didn't okay, man. It. Let's talk green kids. 
Yeah, Green Kids. Yeah, Green Kids. Me and you were with Green Kids yeah. Incorporated. You did a lot, uh, a lot of years before. And I, I still got there. do awesome forks. That's stores. right. You're, yeah, yeah. Currently, do you do what with them? Okay. Well, let me tell you about my let me tell you about my forty sixth birthday. Let me tell you a little story about a man named Jeff, forty six years old, and seen something Jeff. Jeff, 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 that is. So I knew that I was performing at the Winnipeg Fringe Festival on my birthday in twenty eighteen. This is July twenty sixth, my forty sixth birthday. Correct. And you were performing at the Gas Station Art Center. D&D Improv D&D Improv Dig Dug So that was scheduled long ago That I would be doing The Fringe I got a gig with Celebrations Dinner Theater So I knew I would be rehearsing during the day On July 26th, 2018 So My birthday My birthday (laughs) So I knew that I had those two things going And that's good, right? Rehearsal during the day It's great And then a show at night But then Green Kids offered me a gig on my birthday. My Jeff. birthday. 26th. It's mine. 2018. And I had rehearsal starting at 10 that morning, and they wanted me to do the gig at 10. So I had to say, let me see. So I called my bosses and said, hey, hey, bosses, let me do this thing. It's ring, my birthday. Ring. Come on, it's my birthday. Come my on. Birthday. I can't wait. July 26, 2018. So I laid it on real heavy. Big tears. And they <laughs> said, fine, you big crybaby. <laughs> they gave me permission to show up late to rehearsal. So I nice. was really lucky. Nice. I, on my birthday, I got to go and do the gig in the morning at 10. Woo-hoo. And it's like, you know, make a little check there, cha-ching, and then go to uh, <laughs> rehearsal all day, cha-ching, <laughs> and then go to the fringe that night, cha-ching. Woo-hoo. That's right. And then, you know, sell some heroin, cha-ching, you know, <laughs> trade some orange juice futures, cha-ching, cha-ching. Go, go, go. <laughs> Making mad money all day long. Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> Only the three things: green kids, celebrations, and then D and D improv. Well, and then of course, yeah, your character with the stilts. They were You're stools. on paint cans. No, I was on stools. stools. I was seven and a half feet tall. I measured those stools. They were and you're the stools knight. were seventeen inches tall. This is like you. Uh, your was, character officially was what? Frost giant. Frost giant. But the the look of them was like uh, an elk. Well, he had the big shiny metal helmet and the huge icicle beard. Oh. The shiny, glittery, frosty beard. And like the breastplate. <laughs> it's like, was it like an ogre character? Frost giant. <laughs> yes, frost giant. Giant. Not ogre. <laughs> but I just got the, the impression. Nerds, the nerds your character are. is just like more like. The nerds know. are going to kick your door down, Ron. I, I, I Ogres don't wanna, and frost giant are distinct. I'm so afraid of the nerds. <laughs> Yeah, I had a great being. I've been in D and D improv <clears throat> since it started. Yeah. Well, you got pff, shit. I'm back in the day too. It's Ron. I'm the you transition. Got, Ron, you got me into D and D improv. I did. Yes. If it wasn't for Ron Moore, do you remember your red? Oh, <clears throat> your first character. Yeah, Atticus Greyfeather, uh, a gladiator. Tobias played Rudy Theo. Uh, a bard that was yeah. Rudy Theo Cosby Kids. Um, there was uh, I think Sam played an ogre. 
Uh, right. Jared played a Boy Scout. Robin played an assassin. Alana played an elf. Was that the first year? I think it was the first year. Uh, Chad, did he play a pirate that first year? I can't remember. Mm. Oh, I never told you my Super Strikers story. Okay. The soccer cartoon, Super Strikers. I've had a nice career with the Capo Studios here in Winnipeg. The Capo. Yeah, the recording studios. Yes. And um, they got me involved with a company, uh, a cartoon called Super Strikers. It's spelled S-U-P-A and Strikers with an A. S-U-P-A Instead of Super Striker. Strikers Super Striker. Yeah, and we were supposed to have accents in the early day, sort of South African accents. Right. Can you do the character? Uh, well, my character is Spenza. Hey! hey! No way! Shakes! Shakes! <laughs> Shakes is a character. Spenza. Yeah. Shakes is the, is the star. Okay. Shakes. Shakes is the star, and he is like the number one soccer player in the world, up and coming, you know, young talent Shakes. in this world, right? Right. It's really cool. It's a bit like Star Trek. Super Strikers is, is a bit like Star Trek because all races are on this one particular team, all nationalities, and they're all teammates. Yeah. Yeah. And they go around the world in the very UN. Yeah. The captain, uh, the captain is this <clears throat> Rastafarian character that I auditioned for. Dancing it's all Rasta. stereotypes. No, well, there's like, you know, block. Russian. Yeah. And he <laughs> only speaks. Just give me another one. Twisting Tiger. Japan. Yep. What a roll. This all one's right, the, I kind of right. leave. El Matador. El Matador's, uh, well, Spain. Yeah. yeah okay, you break, stop, you stop. You, there, you know, there's yeah. a gold medal. I'm it too easy. Whew. Don't yeah. eat me. <laughs> But don't forget says Klaus. Uh, rewarding uh, work? Yeah. yeah. Oh, here's a great story. Good You'll pay? Like this. Here's a good story. Okay. I've been with them since 2006. And then about two years ago, I was at my mom's supper table. And this Vietnamese student was living with her. Long was his name. And his he he, uh, was, a, he was just a kid. Turned 18 while he was living with us. Right, and right, so right. at the supper table, I was talking to my mom, and I told her, "Yeah, I'm going to record Super Strikers tomorrow." And Long looked up Super from his Strikers, right? Long looked up from his dinner, and he said, "Super Striker," and I said, "Yeah, that's right." And then he asked me what character I played, and I told him. So he went away, and he came back with his phone, and he had a video clip of my character, and my character is saying, "Hey, Shakes, <laughs> hey." He presses play, and that's what my guy says. So I, I look at him, I say, yeah, Long, that's me. And then I go, hey, Shakes, hey! <laughs> and his fucking jaw hits the floor. Really? And he takes a selfie with me instantly and sends wow. it to Vietnam. That's cool. And then he says to me, you are my childhood. And he tells me that he's been watching this show since he was 10 years old. And uh, they have our voices, but Vietnamese, um, you know, subtitles. Yeah. And, yeah, all I did was tell him who my character was, and he showed... I also play other characters, but the main character I play is called Spenza. He's best friends for Shakes. Yeah. So I went to work, and I told Nolan, who plays Shakes, it's a weird thing. The guy who sits on the other side of the glass from me is the star of the show. He had laid down some temporary vocal audio tracks as the main character while they auditioned people. Okay. The producers got used to his voice, and then nobody else would do. And Nolan became the star of Super Strikers because they liked it. They liked it. They liked his performance. Mm. They liked his sound. 
no matter who they auditioned, they're like, no, we want the temporary track guy. <laughs> so Nolan was my boss and the star. Cool. Nolan's a great guy. Yeah. Have you, do you watch the show? You've watched the... I've seen, yeah, I've seen episodes. It gets better and better, man. Like, the, the jokes get funnier. The, you know, now that it's been on for 12 years, it's really good. And where you can, watch where it can you see kid. this show? Ah, uh, you can watch it on Disney Asia. <laughs> like, it's not online and clips on YouTube? Well, or? there are some episodes. Yeah, no, it's online. If you go to YouTube, yeah. you can watch a bunch. If you just, if you Google, or rather YouTube, Super Striker Spenza, that's me. I went to work and I told Nolan the star of the show and my boss and he's sitting in a computer and he's on the other side of the glass I'm at the microphone he's at a little mic you know just to tell me yeah let's do that line again Jeff yeah so I tell him the story and then Nolan says we got some stuff from South Africa Jeff which is where the cartoon comes from because there's a comic book called Super Strikers in South Africa and it's about a football team or soccer team that plays all over the world but the bad guys well almost every other team cheats the bad guys is the other team pretty much every time and they're always bad guys. almost always cheating guns and knives no yeah, it doesn't get that bad <laughs> <laughs> different ways to cheat robots and just yeah. you know, sneaky sneaky Gr- stuff <laughs> remotes for the garage always there's always something I'm, I'm, I'm for 12 years. There's always a new way to cheat on Super Strikers. <laughs> <laughs> and Spenza, I may have overplayed his importance. He's not there every episode by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Okay. But he's still, you know, still yeah. best friends with right. the star. So Nolan had some playing cards from South Africa. Nolan. Training cards of the characters from Super Strikers. Okay. And there were two of me. But more importantly, there was one of him, the star, Shakes. Right. So he showed this to me. And this was the same day that I said, hey, there's a kid living at my house that just idolizes our show. So he took his Shakes baseball card, but it's, you know, the cartoon character and it's soccer. And he signed it, dear long, happy 18th birthday, Nolan Shakes Blazer. And it is the only, it's a, it's a unique item. There's only one in the world mm-hmm. signed to this kid for his 18th birthday by the star of the show. And I took it home and I put it in his hand and I showed him a picture that I took with me and Nolan at the fucking microphone. Right. And the music stand and a picture of the cartoon <clears throat> character. Like wow. That. And we gave all that to Long for his 18th birthday, this uh, signed card. That's pretty cool. Spenza. I also play Miko Chen and Riano, a Japanese character. Tell me about Spenza. Well, he's the best friend of the main character, and he's a bit of a detective. He helps solve the cheaters or, you know, solve the mysteries. Like, Shakes has to go play the game while Spenza solves the mystery. What he is is he's a fucking soccer fan. Striker is a position. Like goalie, but striker's yeah. the main scorer guy. Uh, yeah. Okay. So super striker is like the strikers, the exciting, the flashy, super. Yeah. The the, the number one the guys who score the goals are the strikers. Yeah. yeah. The other guys are like they are the wingers for you know or defense or goalies. Yeah. So super striker. Yeah. It's just now, now you know. So we talked about three. We talked about right. super strikers, and I was like, wait, I want to tell you about this kid. Can we talk twisted nipple improv? Sure. I gotta talk twisted nipple. Uh, the earliest memory of twisted nipple, twisted nipple improv, twisted nipple improv, 
was Old Spaghetti Factory. Yeah. We kind of pioneered the BYOV at the fringe. I think maybe it did. Yeah. I think you did. Everybody else saw yeah. that. And then they got on board. And now Holy it's the place shit. is lousy with it. You know, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. I was throwing it out. Nothing ever, nothing ever caught fire and suddenly was a sellout every night at 10 o'clock. And that was us. Like People are like, did you hear? There's a show that's selling out every night. It's like a tent there. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're around the corner here and you can't get in. Yeah. Who's the biggest celebrity you ever met? It's funny. You know, I met George Lucas and he was kind of an ass. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. You got to tell me the story of okay, meeting George Okay. So I used Lucas. to work at the Hard Rock Cafe in London, England. Wow, that's right. You were hanging out there yeah. in the UK there. Yeah, and this is before episode four. So George Lucas was still God. Because he's working there, right? It was it, 98. No, it, oh, what is the studio where they filmed Star Wars? It's in England. That fucking studio, he went back and used it, I think. Anyway, yeah, that's why well, he was there you'd have like an opportunity to see between George 97 Lucas. And it's definitely. Sometime between 97 and 99. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I'm. He was there, and I was like, "Oh, you, you know." I I just said, said all the wrong things, which is probably why he looked at me with that fucking sneer. Hmm. What did you say to piss him off? I was like, <laughs> "Suck it, Dumbo." <laughs> Come on. No, no. What did I say? I was like, "You look familiar, the. You look like George Lucas, the. You know." <laughs> no. And on. then. My brother's the hugest fan. Another, duh. And then finally, I think I said, get this. You've been a major force on his life. And he just looked at me like, just give, go away. Give you that death stare. Yeah. He, he looked at me with contempt. With the force. Well, that was the last thing I said. I was already feeling the fucking... <laughs> from him. Not impressed. Maybe I'm coloring in the memory in my mind, but it, yeah, it, it almost seemed like his, uh, I don't remember anything that he said. Yeah. Because I didn't ask him any direct questions. I mean, you kind of looked like George Lucas just came, but at least he was still looking at me. Well, you never know what to say to some celebrity you would never like be caught in an elevator with. You'd yeah. be like, you just turn to them and go like, hey, you're that person. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, I mean, like, plus by being like, you know, so like, not, not an engaging comment. You look familiar. What's he going to say to that? You look like George Lucas. What's he going to say to that? <laughs> My brother really likes you. Kind of offense. Kind of impolite. Because I like Star Wars too. But then I'm like deferring. Like somebody else is a great fan. <laughs> exactly. Not exactly cool. <laughs> Can I bother you for a second? This guy is your favorite. Yeah, exactly. Not me. I think you're okay. And then finally, a, a dumb... I, at that point, I'd try to make a you know cutesy comment. Major, you know... And, but I've already lost him. <laughs> He's like, so I just, now I just want to slink away with my own, you know, right. my dignity in tatters. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll do the money shot. Money shot. Let's do we it. We still got to do that. I know. Yeah, come on, money shot. Show's name is the Manitou money shot. Right, the money shot. Jeez. Okay, Jeff Hughes, this is the Manitou money shot podcast. And uh, we're doing uh, 500, uh, 500 uh, seconds. No, 500 um, questions. Five. 100 questions, five Jeez. minutes. Dear listeners, this no is Jesus. the Manitoba Money Shot, and we are now going to hit you with 500 questions in five 100 minutes. 100 questions. In five minutes. In five minutes. Five seconds, five million questions. Five minutes of questions that equal 100. Right if you, you are, are successful, but you also have to get 90% right, so you just can't say as an answer, blah, or schmuh. You have Those to two say, are off the table. You have to be right. Done. 
There's a lot of favorites. There's a lot of pick this, pick that. There's a lot of fill in the blank. Oh, okay. Well, how can I get that wrong? Prove uh, to me it's not my favorite movie. But you have to in five minutes. Okay. <laughs> exactly. What's your favorite movie? We James. haven't started. Bonus. <laughs> no spoilers. One down. <laughs> this is the bonus question. Okay, and you are playing for the money shot, which is... First movie you saw in a theater? Star Wars. VHS or Beta? Empire Strikes Back. What's your favorite color? Purple. Favorite Star Wars movie? Return of the Jedi. Favorite sport to play? Fencing. Favorite sport to watch? Hockey. Last magazine purchased? Rolling Stone. Last play visited outside Canada? Place, not play. Place. U.S. Can you wiggle your ears? Yes. Name a Spice Girl? Posh. Name a new kid on the block. Danny. Last Halloween costume worn. Sub-Zero. Huey Lewis and the... News. What's today's date? October... Saturday was the... Name a captain. Captain Nemo. Favorite Jimi Hendrix song? Hey Joe. What's your potato side dish? Mac- potato salad. Name an 80s sitcom. Uh, Silver Spoons. What's your go-to 7-Eleven snack? Old Dutch Ariba chips. Name a Lord of the Rings character. Gollum. Name a tragically hip album. Phantom Power. Have you scuba-dyed? No. What did you eat for breakfast? Toast. What's your favorite compact disc? Um, Phantom Power. Apples or bananas? Bananas. Uh, how many hats do you own? Three. Favorite spot to eat lunch? Salisbury House. Name, name a famous painting. The Mona Lisa. Uh, who's your least favorite talk show host? Um, Oprah. Do you like raisins? Yes. Do you have a, a Spotify account? No. Favorite comedian? Uh, Tim Allen. Second, second favorite comedian? Um, Jeff Goldwaith. <laughs> favorite board game? Betrayal at House and Hill. Cheech or Chong? Chong. Favorite director? Steven Spielberg. Cookies or cake? Cake. Last year you had skates on. Yes. Name a berry. White. <laughs> Name a Nirvana song. <clears throat> Smells like Teen Spirit. Favorite character you've played on stage? Uh, Dig Dug. <laughs> Name a Madonna album. Um, like a virgin. Who is Bruce Banner's superhero identity? The Hulk. Uh, what do you buy at Shoppers Drug Mart? Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Tea. Do you, do you own a bicycle? Yes. Favorite radio program? The Sunday edition. Sugar or salt? Salt. Name a country band. Um, the Oak Ridge Boys. Have you watched any Twilight movies? No. Name a fictional fish. Uh, Moby Dick. What's your favorite smell? Vanilla. Favorite bread to toast? Um, rye Natural Bakery. Can you say my name is Jeff in French? Je m'appelle Jeff. Name a horrible sandwich. Stink bomb. Name a, a Manitoba town. Gimli. Do you enjoy camping? Yes. Favorite place to order pizza? Domino's. Do you uh, get the flu shot? No. Favorite flavor of potato chips? Something Have you eaten at the uh, revolving restaurant? Yes. Have you uh, been sprayed by a skunk? No. What's the second best hand in poker? Mm, 
Four of a kind. Uh, name a band that is also a geographical location. Chicago. Would you rather drive or be a passenger? Drive. Besides Indy, name an uh, Indiana Jones character. Marion. Get a speeding ticket in the last year? No. Do you wear pajamas? Trying. How many hats do you own? Still three. Do you vape? Yes. Have you shopped at Ikea? Yes, today. Do, do you ski? Snowboard. Name an SCTV character. Sid Dithers. Favorite video game console? Um, app, my tablet. Favorite video game? Um, Street Fighter 2. Edition. Best wrestling heel. One minute. Randy Savage. Best wrestling babyface. Um, Roddy Piper. Within three years, how old is the Queen Elizabeth? Within three years? Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, um, 82. Me, uh, uh, name a magician. David Copperfield. Have you been on a horse? Yes. Do you like to dance? Yes. Are you on Tinder? No. How often do you shave your face? Mm, every second day. Name a comedian from Canada. Uh, Canadian comedian. John Candy. Do you plan to watch Venom? I did. Uh, 30 seconds. Last concert attending. Last concert attended was uh, AWOL Nation. Was Venom good? It was okay. How tall is the Smurf? 20 three seconds. Ap- three apples high. Favorite salad dressing? Caesar. Do you buy clothes where? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. Name an actor from the show Taxi. Um, uh, Tony Daniels. 10 seconds. Do you like handshakes? Yes. Uh, besides Jeff, what name would you choose for yourself? Five oh, seconds. Uh, Jesse. Do, do you watch Masters of Universe? Yes. Name a teacher. Mr. God, that's fucked it. That's it. Damn it. That was close, man. Fuck. How many did I get? You got to, uh, 95. 95. 95 was pretty good. Not bad. I think my accuracy was good, too. Yeah. Oh, as far as percentage? Yeah. Man, I got to add these up. I haven't really done that for these shows, but. Oh, video games. (laughs) You're a huge video game Guy, right? Like, you know, well, Nintendo. I have played a lot. Yeah, I remember I used to play Street Fighter 2 a lot. I love the arcade version and I love the thrill of uh, playing strangers, you know, at an yeah. arcade. You know, right. people come along and you just got to test your skills. Like right. a pool oh, table. the old school at oh, the arcade. Yeah, get, yeah. Your, get your three, uh, three rounds. Three, no, maybe. digits on the board. Get your name. Get your, what was your handle for top oh. score? Well, Geo. I would, if I had Geo. Yeah, Geo. Street Fighter Ooh. 2 Champion Edition. Ooh. One time at the University of Winnipeg, I had I put on a master class and I couldn't be defeated for 40 minutes, man. I'm, I was late for a class. Yeah. Challenger after... I had Vega. And like when you're on the game and you win, someone challenges you, yeah. you have to... You ha- back in the day, you couldn't switch your character. So I had Vega. And I think about... I won... I don't know. I think I won about 25 fights in a row and I finally walked away undefeated. And one day, one year at D and D Improv, I played Vega. Yeah, yeah. So I played D&D. Cortez Fulmonte. Cortez, the most what handsome his... man in the world. <laughs> really? It was a parody of the, the of uh, Vega and uh, I am the most uh, yeah, and the most interesting man. In interesting the world. man. In the the world. most handsome man. Yeah, I was a villain. So I, I had the really biggest yacht. You've ever <clears> seen. Arrogant and creepy. Mm. Yeah. Do you do a lot of social media? No. Like, if people want to like get a hold of you. You're off the grid. All right. Well, if you want to get a touch of with Jeff Hughes, just send an email my way. Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like oh, you can find me on Facebook. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll see you next Fringe. Yeah, I'll be back for another D and D improv. D and D improv. That'll be cool. Um, uh, just for clarity, 
I just finished, yeah, a nine-week engagement at Celebrations Dinner Theater. Mama mm. Mio, here we go again. And it went really well. We sold a lot of tickets. And I will be performing at West Edmonton Mall at Jubilations, Mama Mio, here we go again, from October... 20th. Edmonton. Yeah, like from late October until February. Yeah, are you going to be writing any uh, more plays? or? I'm not really sure, you know, I'm like, as I'm in my mid-40s now. I'd like to try to, like, have a more comfortable lifestyle and, like, you know, have some more stability, you know, try to make a little money. It gets tough being homeless and broke. It's tough being an artist. Yeah. Well, man, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for Thank doing you, this. Thank you, Ron. Pleasure to be here really on the Manitoba Money Shot. Manitoba Money Shot podcast. Enjoy your next podcast. Yeah, and enjoy your next toke. Legalize 17th. Courtesy of me. Yeah, that's right. Make sure you, you, you toke one for Jeff. <laughs>